we've put together a brand new sample of RAR Premium. So if you've been on the fence about joining us inside RAR Premium, you can get a free sample now to see if it's a good fit for your family. To get that free sample, go to readaloudrevival.com slash sample or just text the word RAR sample like it's all squished together in one word. <laughs> RAR sample to the number 33777. Okay, here's the show. It just wasn't a big deal to get that alone time, really. So I never really thought about it until motherhood. And <laughs> you don't know what you got till it's gone, baby. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're listening to the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. This is the podcast that helps you make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. Hello, hello, Sarah McKenzie here. I've got episode 127 for you today. I have been really looking forward to this episode. One of my favorite people to talk with is Jamie Martin. And she's from simplehomeschool.net. You may know her. She's been on the show before. She's also authored a wonderful book that we've talked about here. Today, we're talking about introverted and extroverted motherhood. As you can probably imagine, she's the introvert and I'm the extrovert. And we're going to talk about the things that we both struggle with, what we have, we struggle with it similar, and what we struggle with that's a little different based on our personality. So it's really a fun conversation. Before we get to that, of course, I want to let you know something important about Read Aloud Revival Premium. That's our online premium community that really inspires kids to read and draws families together. If you haven't checked out Read Aloud Revival Premium yet, you want to do it. We only open doors three times a year, once in the fall, once in the winter, and once for summer. And so it is about time very, very soon for us to open the membership for summer enrollment. And if you want to connect with your kids this summer to share some really wonderful book club experiences with your kids and get on the same page, share some wonderful memories. I think you want to check out Read Aloud Revival Premium. We've got a fantastic lineup of family book clubs and these we do every single month. They're a way that you can share a book with your kids, discuss it, have a wonderful shared experience together. And then at the end of the month, every month we have the author or illustrator come and do a live online video where they answer your kids' questions. We've also got some really great master classes for moms to help you lead your kids with confidence and really mother from rest. We have, let's see, a drawing workshop coming up and lots of good stuff. I'm not going to get into it all right now, but if you want a sneak peek at what's coming around the bend in Read Aloud Revival Premium, go to rarmembership.com. That's where you can see everything we've got coming up. And we're opening doors there May 6th. So you don't want to miss that because we're only open for five days for this summer enrollment. So if you go to rermembership.com and you think, hmm, yeah, this looks like it's something that might be for me, go ahead and just request an invitation on that page so you don't miss it. Okay, I'm going to answer a question from a listener, Mary Ellen. Hi, Sarah. My name is Mary Ellen and I live in Virginia. And I would like to know um, your book recommendations for children who are very sensitive readers. My daughter is 10 years old and she loves to read. 
but there just seems to be a lot of books out there that are dealing with pretty heavy topics now that she's, you know, um, halfway through fifth grade and about to enter middle school. And she just really can't handle difficult, really sad topics at her age. And just with her personality. So I was just curious as to what you would recommend. I really appreciate your show and I love your books and I just really appreciate your work. Thanks so much, Sarah. Mary Ellen, kudos to you as a mama of knowing what your child needs and then seeking out the kinds of books that are going to feed her in the stage she's in. This is just me fist bumping you (laughs) over the podcast. Okay, so the first recommendation I have for you is to get your hands on Honey for a Child's Heart by Gladys Hunt, and then look at the book recommendations in chapter 15. This is a chapter full of book recommendations uh, that are classic children's novels. And the reason that I'm suggesting these is because I know what you're talking about with a lot of books as your daughter's getting older. You said she's 10. A lot of books start taking on heavier themes. And I would say this is a more common phenomenon with today's books that are being published. So if you have a child who's sensitive, reading classics can be a really good way to kind of read around that. And so what you'll find in chapter 15, Honey for a Child's Heart, are classic children's novel recommendations for ages 9 through 12. And as I'm kind of skimming through this list, I see things like uh, Mr. Popper's Penguins, The Secret Garden, The 21 Balloons, books by Elizabeth Enright and Dorothy Canfield Fisher, and Eleanor Estes. Oh, those are so good, the Moffats. So a lot of these will be good fits. There are a few in here that are still going to be kind of heavy, but the great thing about this is that there is a sentence or two about each book. So if you get your hands on this, skim the descriptions and get a good feel for books that are going to be a better fit than others. And then I want to give you three book recommendations that are not in Honey for a Child's Heart because Honey for a Child's Heart was published before any of these were. And I want to recommend three that I think could be a really good fit for a 10-year-old girl who is, you know, you don't want to hand books that have too heavy of themes. The first is The Rise and Fall of Mount Majestic by Jennifer Trafton, which is an imaginative, whimsical tale of a girl and the zany people and creatures (laughs) that she encounters in a, a fantastical world. It is probably one of my favorite read-alouds because it's so much fun to read aloud, but I would bet that your 10-year-old would also enjoy reading it on her own. Another is actually two series I want to recommend. The first is The Penderwicks by Jeannie Birdsall. There are five books in the series, and it starts with The Penderwicks, so you can just find the first one. You'll be definitely able to find that one at your local library because it it was a, a National Book Award winner, and so your library will have it. And that is a series, like I said, of five books that could keep her busy for a little while. And in the same spirit of the Penderwicks, The Vanderbeekers by Karina Yan Glazer. And there's a first book called The Vanderbeekers of 141st Street. There's also The Vanderbeekers in the Hidden Garden. That's the second in the series, and that one is out. And another third one called The Vanderbeekers to the Rescue is coming out this coming fall. And I got a sneak read of it, and it's really good. Just as good as the first two. So I would recommend any of those books as well. So The Rise and Fall of Mount Majestic by Jennifer Trafton, The Penderwicks books by Jeannie Birdsall, and The Vanderbeekers books by Karina Yanglazer. And then do get your hands on Honey for a Child's Heart if you don't already have it. And look in chapter 15 at the classics she recommends there for ages 9 to 12. And I think you will be in good shape. Thanks so much for your question. 
If you have a question you'd like to ask on the podcast, go to readaloudrevival.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and you'll see where you can leave me a voicemail. Today, we're going to talk about motherhood, introverted motherhood and extroverted motherhood, because our guest, Jamie Martin, is an introverted mom. In fact, she's got a new book out on just that called Introverted Mom, Your Guide to More Calm, Less Guilt, and Quiet Joy. And I, as I'm sure a lot of you listeners know, (laughs) am an extroverted mom. But I will tell you, when I read this book, I thought, I expected when I first picked it up that I was going to be reading a book that would help me understand my introverted mom friends better, but oh boy, I was in for a delightful surprise. Today, Jamie Martin and I are going to talk about what it means to be an extrovert or an introvert, and because most of our listeners here at Read Loud Revival are mothers who share books with their kids, we're going to talk about all of those things, motherhood, books, and the joys and struggles of both, and how to take hold of what the subtitle of this book promises. That's more calm, less guilt, and quiet joy, which is something I have a hunch every single one of us longs for. Now, a little about Jamie. She is the amazing lady behind simplehomeschool.net. She's the author of several wonderful books. One is a wonderful book of book lists called Give Your Child the World. She's mom to three kids who were born on three different continents, and she spent more than a decade navigating how to raise kids as an introverted mom. She's been on the Read Aloud Revival podcast before, and I am pleased as punch to have her back. Let's start with a basic definition about what an introvert or an extrovert is before we start talking about how that looks in motherhood. Okay, so introversion and extroversion really has to do with where you tend to get your energy from. Introverts tend to get their energy from time alone, and extroverts tend to get their energy from time with others. So this doesn't mean that introverts don't like people, which is a common stereotype and misunderstanding. Introverts love people, but time with people, even like their close close relationships in terms of family relationships, the people that they love most, over time, that will still eventually drain them, and they'll need to kind of unplug in order to recharge and be ready for more people time, whereas extroverts need that time spent with others, um, the, especially the relationships that really fuel them, like cr- close friendships or um, maybe you know, for you, Sarah, like speaking at conferences or things and environments where they feel inspired and that will recharge them instead of drain them. Yeah. And I think another kind of common misunderstanding is from an extrovert's point of view is that idea of extroverts don't need time to themselves when, of course, every human being needs time to themselves, right? So introversion and extroversion is a spectrum because we all are kind of introverted and kind of extroverted. We all have to do both. We all have to both introvert and extrovert. But I was reminded of it at the very beginning because in the introduction, you have a section called You Might Be an Introvert If... And you list 20 possible scenarios, and I identified strongly with 13 of them. Um, But then as I continued to read, I kept thinking motherhood in particular has a way of taxing us in all of our introverted places, (laughs) in all of our introverted, you know, tendencies, because it's a very extroverted 
exercise. And so I feel like as mothers, whether we're primarily introverts or extroverts, the introverted parts of us end up needing some TLC. That's the part that sort of feels like it's gasping for air or maybe a little anemic, you know, just needs a little bit of love. So I know in the subtitle of your book, Your Guide to More Calm, Less Guilt, and Quiet Joy. Man, that resonates with me as an extrovert too so much. And that's the part of my life that I feel like, oh yeah, this is the part that needs a little TLC. Mm. Yeah, and I think, I think for a lot of moms, they have that experience of, let's say that they are actually introverts. For myself, I feel like probably if I look back on my childhood and adolescence and early like adult years and then early marriage years, I can see that, yes, I was probably an introvert in terms of the way that I like to spend my time and the types of activities I enjoyed. But it just wasn't a big deal to get that alone time, really. So I never really thought about it until motherhood. And <laughs> you don't know what you got till it's gone, baby. <laughs> That's right. And then it's like the sudden people overload in terms of constantly being around little people each day, the volume, uncontrollable, and no guaranteed downtime. And so I think that that's what I keep hearing from other moms, um, even ones who might have thought of themselves as extroverts, and then motherhood helps them realize they are actually introverts, or like what you're saying, Sarah, that you know that you are an extrovert, but just the extroverting constantly around your children, you know, still still drains you. Yeah, and it's a different kind of extroverting, um, because when, so I have six kids that are now, um, 17 is the oldest, ranging down to five-year-old twins. But when the first three were little, you know, they were maybe five, three, and one. And uh, I didn't know anything about the idea of being an extrovert or introvert at the time. But I did know, I felt poured out in like, really sort of, you're doing that relationship people thing all day with your little kids, but it didn't energize me. And so I think more than I craved a quiet evening with a book and a bath, I probably craved adult interaction more. And so I remember getting a job a couple of nights a week. My husband and I would tag team, like he'd come home from work and I would go work in the evening at the school supply store. And then I did that for like a year. And then I got the best job ever, which was at the library. (laughs) And of course people go like, you're an extrovert and you work at the library. I had the best job because I was a circulation desk clerk. And so I got to talk to all the patrons and I also was a floater. And so I would go to any of the 14 branches that needed somebody, like someone was out sick, so I would fill in. And so I got to meet all the people all over and talk with them and talk about books. It was the best. But what I realized for the first time was that I needed a kind of interaction that actually wasn't with my children. (laughs) The big with my children didn't meet that. Now in retrospect, I can say it didn't meet that energizing part of my extroverted personality. Right. Yeah. yeah, and like you talking about your library job, that sounds like a dream to me until you reach the floater bit where you're having to go. <laughs> and then I'm like, whoa, no, 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 thank you. <laughs> I would love to talk for a minute about the particular challenges of motherhood on our personality. So as an introverted mom, what would you say are some of the biggest struggles of motherhood? Well, I think 
I mean, we've already nailed it because when it, when it comes down to it, it's just that lack of time to recharge alone or because most introverts tend to be internal processors who really need to think through kind of that's how we make sense of our, our days and our lives is having time to process the things that have happened. So not to have that time is a big issue and concern. And then even at home, let's say you manage to kind of structure your days in ways to have pauses and things, you're guaranteed still that interruptions are going to come. Something might happen to, to mean that you don't get that time at all. Um, So yeah, I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest challenge right there. There's a part in your book where you offer a distinction between self-care and self-improvement. So maybe we should start there. The overall concept of self-care, I can understand how it's wise and we need to take time to care for ourselves. But at the same time, I find that often when I get this elusive recharging alone time that I need, I will spend it in ways that aren't really caring for myself, but they're more like trying to improve myself. But I'll find that often I'll, I'll have this time alone and I haven't had it for a while. Maybe something stressful is going on at home. And instead of just enjoying and refueling during that time with maybe like a fun fiction book or just a fun podcast or an audiobook, I will feel the need to solve this problem. And like, how am I going to, you know, help this kid through this issue? How am I going to, and I will Google myself to death and I will, (laughs) and I will end up coming home just as drained as when I left, if not more so, because instead of just, instead of just refueling so that I can continue to handle the issue of the day, I'm trying to solve it. And that's not the same as self-care. So I really wanted to make that distinction for the readers of this book so that they will feel that, uh, that permission slip to, to just care for themselves in the unique ways that refuel them, which will be different for all of us because God did wire us all differently. One of the questions that you asked and you put some responses from different mothers in your book was, how did your life and your family's life change for the better once you understood and accepted yourself as an introvert? And I think this is a really interesting question to ask because there is one thing to identify, oh, that's me. And I feel seen and understood now. I feel like, ah, somebody gets me, right? If you, when you realize which one you are more predominantly but there's also then the follow-up question of like, what are we going to do with that? And so how does it, how, Jamie, has it helped you and your family to know that you're an introvert? I feel like there tends to be this, the stereotypes of, oh, you're shy or that it's had been seen as a weakness and I didn't see the strengths of it. And I think that once I really began to understand those, then I could lean into it and say, okay, this isn't a deficiency. This is how I was made. And when I get what I need, then I'm really able to offer my best to my family and they get what they need and then it all it all works. But when I'm trying to be something that I'm not, then it's all going to fall apart. And so I think that was really the key for me of accepting 
accepting. And I saw that in the introverted moms' responses because at the end of every chapter, I ask other introverted moms around the world a question so that we can kind of learn from them too. And I saw that reflected in a lot of their answers, that it was really the key was just accepting who you are and accepting that it's a strength, not a weakness, and that there's nothing wrong with you. Then that was the turning point for people. Understanding ourselves is so important, but then understanding that the other people, especially in our families, who are different than us, aren't being different from us to drive us crazy, right? That's just the way they are. So I'm thinking in particular, every December, my husband and I go to a couple's Christmas party with some of our friends. And for the first, I mean, I'm the kind of, this is going to shock you, Jamie, I'm sure, but I'm the person who wants to get there first and who wants to like stay and help clean up after. (laughs) (laughs) And um, my husband is not because he's an introvert, so he'll go with me. Um, But then what would happen is we'd come home after the Christmas party and he would like fall on the couch and eat to veg out with a, (laughs) with like a TV show or whatever. And I would be like, okay, I'm ready to do something. Like I'm ready to reorganize the closets. I'm ready to like, (laughs) And it was so interesting to me. It finally dawned on me when I was reading about introversion, extroversion, that here we go to a Christmas party and we come home and his thought is now I need a break. And my thought is, what was the last three hours? That was all break, right? (laughs) Because I just got all filled up. And so uh, even just realizing that um, the reason he wants to leave the party before I do isn't because he's trying to drive me crazy. (laughs) It's because he's empty. (laughs) And the reason that I want to stay after church to coffee and donuts and vacuum my way out is because it's not because I'm trying to drive him crazy. It's because I'm getting filled up and it just, it's bringing me life. So I think when we can realize that about the people in our home, our children, our spouses, our neighbors, our friends, this can change the way we interact with people because it gives us a little more empathy, right? It helps us understand this is the way you are made. Right. Yes, it's a game changer, especially with, I think, with our kids when we learn, when we can start to pinpoint whether they're extroverts or introverts, it helps us to really parent them in a better way, too. A lot of voices might tell you that you need to learn how to get better at homeschooling, but I know something about you. You don't actually need to homeschool better. You need to homeschool happier, to have more fun, to smile more, laugh more. You want a twinkle in your eye. (laughs) And you want your kids to know deep in their bones that you love homeschooling them. That twinkle is worth pursuing too, because the key to a successful homeschool is a peaceful, happy mother. And that's what we're committed to helping you become at RAR Premium. RAR Premium is a unique program that offers mentoring for you, the homeschool mom, and we offer Open and Go Family Book Club. This is a family book club you can use with all ages from 4 to 17, and it will explore language arts, reading, and we often dip into writing, science, history, all across the curriculum as we uncover so many good and meaningful ideas. The best news is we do all the prep work for you. If you'd like to get a free sample of RAR Premium so you can see if it's a good fit for your family, head to readaloudrevival.com slash sample, or you can just text RAR sample, one word, to the number 33777, and we'll send it your way. Now back to the show. Okay. 
Okay, so you mentioned four introverted authors, and you kind of weave them into the narrative of your story. These four authors, Louisa May Alcott, Jane Austen, Ella Montgomery, and Laura Ingalls Wilder, um, all introverts. And you sort of bring them into the book all throughout. Let's talk about that because that I just, I mean, you know me. I was so delighted. (laughs) So (laughs) delighted when I got to those sections. I thought you would be. And I have to say that. So I knew I was going to write a book about introverted moms. But I was trying to figure out how am I going to structure the book? What's it going to look like? How am I going to frame it? And, And one night I was falling asleep and it was one of those half conscious moments where all of a sudden it was like ping and I just saw oh my goodness I could use introverted authors these authors that I personally love and adore who were also introverts to kind of frame the story and then we could visit it through their eyes too and bring in quotes from them bring in essays about their lives and then that was just a game changer for the whole concept and from then on I just I couldn't um get enough of it <laughs> well I think you even like the chapter titles of the book come right from their work yes. right yeah they I love do, it they do. yeah <laughs> and apparently I'm just not capable of writing a book without book recommendations because <laughs> <laughs> You have some book recommendations from each of those four introvert authors, Louisa May Alcott, Jane Austen, Ella Montgomery, and Laura Ingalls Wilder, and even some recommendations that are a little less well-known, not their most famous work. So could we talk about those? Yes, I would love to. One of my favorite things to talk about. I I had so much fun picking out ones to mention here on the podcast that maybe your readers who are very well read and probably know a lot about these authors and their most famous works, but maybe haven't experienced some of these other titles. So let me start with Louisa May Alcott. Um, She wrote a book before she wrote Little Women, but it was never published in her lifetime because it was seen as too sensational. And that book is called A Long Fatal Love Chase. And (laughs) it was finally published in 1996, and it shot onto the New York Times bestseller list at that time. And even people like Stephen King and other authors of completely different genres than what you picture, Louisa and Little Women. And um, praised it and we're talking about how well crafted it is so that is like a psychological thriller isn't what? that amazing I have yeah. no idea so that would be a great one to check out if you're interested in, in that or if you just want to see a different side of the same author uh, then for Maud Ellen Montgomery I picked the title The Blythes Are Quoted And that's another one with an interesting story because that manuscript actually turned up at her publisher's office on the day Maud passed away. Oh, my goodness. Yes. But for several reasons, it was never published in its entirety until 2009. There were these excerpts taken out of it, and they were published in a collection that was called The Road to Yesterday, which some avid Anne fans might recognize that title, but that was just snippets of it. So the entire thing from The Blythes Are Quoted was published in 2009. Okay, and when it comes to Jane Austen, I would suggest you check out Lady Susan. That is a novella, so it's short, but it's written as a series of letters. 
Hmm. Now, that would be something I would suggest if you're an avid Jane Austen fan and you've already devoured her other well-known books. If you're just getting started with Jane Austen, I'd recommend that you check out like Pride and Prejudice or Sense and Sensibility. But Lady Susan would be for more avid Jane fans who want to try something a little bit different. Okay. And then I also had to mention, just because I recently finished it, there's this modern spin of Sense and Sensibility that I really enjoyed, and I think other Austin fans might like it too. It's called Jane of Austin, A-U-S-T-I-N, as in Austin, Texas. Have you heard of that at all, Sarah? You know, it sounds familiar. Who wrote that? Hillary Manton Lodge Hmm. wrote it. Okay which I had never read anything by her, but it's fairly recent, Jane of Austen. And so it's a modern twist of the Sense and Sensibility storyline, but I thought it was very well written and also very sweet. And I loved it because I love tea and the the Jane in the story runs a tea shop and it was just a delightful experience reading it. Okay, that sounds so good. I'm going to have to get my hands on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I listened to it on audio and the audio is really good. Okay. And then for Laura Ingalls Wilder, I would definitely recommend people who have already explored the Little House series fully to try Pioneer Girl, which is her annotated autobiography that was only just published in 2014, even though it was written in 1929 Amazing. and it served as the basis of the Little House novels. I know. Have you read that, Sarah? I have not read it. Uh-uh. <gasps> oh, my okay. God. Okay. <laughs> the gasp <laughs> is all I needed, Jamie. <laughs> Especially if you're a Little House fan and have read your kids and everything. It's just a different, it's a more adult, you know, version of the story because she then took the, the excerpts and the historical notes that she had jotted down and, and used those to create the children's books. Well, okay. So you reference in your book, you reference the trip your family took to see the different places in Laura Ingalls Wilder's life. And we will link to, you have some blog posts about that, right? And so we'll link to those um, in the show notes because, yeah, that's something I really want to do with my kids. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I even wrote a post for people who are thinking of doing a little house road trip about like, here's where to stay, here's where to eat. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Okay. Yeah, and and I thought that would have been so helpful to have when we did it. And um, yeah, so that's definitely something we can link to. Okay, awesome. I know what I want to do sometime on a future show is literary trips because my teen daughters and I went to Boston last year. We actually went to visit Tommy DePaolo, but we did a lot of other literary things while we were there, like visiting the Eric Carle Picture Picture Book Museum and going to the Emily Dickinson um, Museum and things like that. And so I just think it would be so much fun to collect a list of literary trips because yes, I cannot think definitely. of a better vacation. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. And didn't you go to somewhere where Louisa May Alcott had lived when you yes. were there? Yeah, we weren't able to make it to Orchard House in Concord, um, which is like her the museum home um, of right. Louisa May Alcott. But we were in Boston, and there was a couple of places in Boston that Louisa May Alcott lived in. Um, and so we were able to track those down and, like, settle. I mean, people live in those. <laughs> they live in those <laughs> houses. And so we just, like, sat on the front steps and took some quick pictures. Right. I'm sure it happens right. all the time. That's awesome. <laughs> but That's totally something I would have done, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was so yeah, fun. Yeah. Interestingly, she would rent – sometimes she would rent places to stay in Boston just so she could write and get away from – 
her house in Concord where often there were more interruptions and things, especially when she became famous and she was trying to adjust to that personally as an introvert. And sometimes people even come knocking on the door. And so she was like, I'm going to get out of here. (laughs) I can't imagine having people just knocking on your door and like, yeah, yeah, oh my. (laughs) Yes. They say that sometimes she would answer and pretend to be the maid just so that she wouldn't have to talk to people. (laughs) (laughs) That is the best. So we're just about out of time, but I want to make sure our listeners know where they can get your pre-order bonuses. Your new book, Introverted Mom, Your Guide to More Calm, Less Guilt, and Quiet Joy isn't out yet. It releases May 7th, but for anybody who orders the book before that release date, you have a special gift, right? I do, and I'm so excited that this episode is going to air early because that way people can get those pre-order bonuses. Zondervan, who's publishing the book, and I, we came up with the idea of offering introverted moms something for every season. And so we've called it a year of introverted mom inspiration. And then I broke it down into spring, summer, fall, and winter. And so for spring, which is when the book is coming out and when you're listening to it now, if you're listening to it when it first airs, I have created something I'm calling Spring Break for the Introverted Mom. And I'm so excited about it because I thought of the idea of remembering spring breaks when I was a kid and you look forward to it and you don't accomplish a lot during spring break usually. And I thought this is perfect for for introverted moms. So I created a self-care program for a week-long experience combined with audio devotionals that I've recorded for each day. And then for summer, I'm making an introverted mom summer survival guide. And that's going to help introverted moms fill some of those unstructured hours with kids, whether you homeschool or your kids go to regular school, we still tend to have a more leisurely flow to the summer. And that can be really fun at the beginning of summer. And then by the end of summer, it's like, ah! <laughs> so this summer survival guide is going to blend my Read the World Summer Book Club that I've done with kids in the past with a book club experience for introverted moms too. And those who pre-order introverted mom will be the first to receive this when it's all ready to go. So I'm so excited about that. Then for fall, I'm giving people the ebook of my first book I ever wrote, which is called Steady Days, along with a series of printables we made to go with it. And that's perfect for fall because it's very back to school, back to homeschool season. It's all about creating routines and rhythms that work for your home. And then for winter, you'll get my Introverted Moms Advent Calendar, which is something I've done the past couple of years that has been a special way to build in those short restorative pauses as we were talking about during the busy Advent season. So it's just a great package that I'm so excited to offer and say thank you to people who pre-ordered. Yeah, I love it. And I love that there's something all year long to carry you through the distinct struggle, you know, challenges and joys of every season. So good. Yes. And so to get all of those, you just need to pre-order Introverted Mom before the release date of May 7th, wherever. It doesn't matter where you choose to order it from. And then if you just head to simplehomeschool.net slash bonus, that's where you can find out where to fill out the form with your order number. And, and then you'll just get everything sent to you. Okay. And once you get your hands on the book, there's a couple of parts I want to make sure you listeners don't miss because, well, I want to tell you about my two favorite chapters, basically. Um, 
the section we touched on it a little earlier, the section on the difference between self-care and self-improvement is really, really good. And I also really love the section is in that same chapter, chapter three. The section's called The Freedom of Discovering What's Yours. And that's where Jamie talks about just doing what is yours to do and also giving yourself the grace to figure out what that is, because it takes a little time to figure out what is yours to do. Another favorite was chapter 11 called Your Own Happiness. It's all about uncovering joy. I love Jamie's call to stop trying to be happy so you can just be happier. And then she tells you how to do that. And um, I loved the daily checklist. Um, There is a part. Hold on. I'm flipping to it so I can read it. Okay, so this is I'm just going to read this paragraph. I have a tool that's helped me, which I call my daily checklist. It's a to-do list and a happiness list all in one, and it's completely customizable. It keeps my focus on the aspects of life I can control, allowing me to let go of the rest. It also helps me give myself credit for what I do. I underlined that part twice. (laughs) (laughs) To see in black and white all that I contribute to my family, even the tasks I usually disregard because I do them so often. And it helps me remember the ways I can add to my health and happiness. The most freeing part, the goal is not to check off all the boxes in any given day. And next to that, I wrote, I love this. (laughs) (laughs) It's really about racking up your wins, I think. And I think it could really break you of the habit of needing to check all the boxes on your list and realize like every time you check a box on the list means you're doing something that matters. The other piece of the book that I really think is just so unique and so well done are there's these reflections that you wrote, Jamie, at the end of each chapter. And so many of them, I think, are frameable. They're so good. I would love it if we could read the the reflection at the end of chapter seven, which is all about books as companions um, together for our listeners. Yes, please. I would love that. Thank you. Books have been my counselors. They keep me company through late nights, never too tired to answer my call. Giving helpful guidance right when I need it, they overflow with wisdom and experience. They've infused joy into mundane hours, hard seasons when I didn't know if I could go on, helped me forget and overcome at the same time, taught lessons without ever scolding me. Laura saw me through elementary school. Maud through the fun of seventh grade, Louisa through the sad tumults of eighth, Jane through the crazy of early motherhood. They inspired me to dream of writing, to dare imagine someone to love. Books showed value in being different, understood me when no one else could. When I left home, married, crossed oceans, I packed two suitcases to take along. Filling one with treasured paperbacks, I brought friends by my side into great unknowns. Today I see them on the shelf still. A welcome, a reminder, a coming home. They have a life all their own, of course, but reveal something of mine as well. On other shelves, stacked upright or shoved in, the mountain of titles I've read to the children. A tapestry of words woven over and around to keep them warm no matter where they roam. They'll carry them on the inside, narratives and memories deep within. I take comfort that even when I can't go along, books will be their counselors too.
each page its own story, yet forever part of ours. Now it's time for Let the Kids Speak. This is my favorite part of the podcast, where kids tell us about their favorite stories that have been read aloud to them. Hi, my name is Millie. I'm seven and I'm from Virginia. My favorite book is Harry Potter because it's magical. What's your name? My name is Maverick. How old are you? Three. And um, so I like reading about dinosaurs because T-Rexes have teeth. They have big teeth? Yeah, big teeth. Hi, my name's Morgan. My favorite book is Harry Potter. I'm five years old, and I live in Holiday, Virginia. Virginia. Why do you like when Mommy reads you Harry Potter? Because I like the sound of it. You like the sound of it. <laughs> Hi, my name is Max. I am seven years old. I am from Virginia. I like reading Trumpet of the Song because it is a fun book, but I like Harry Potter better. Bye. My name is Madison. I'm nine years old. I'm from Virginia. My favorite book that my mom read aloud to us was The Boxcar Children because they have a lot of siblings and I have a lot of siblings. I am Marina and I live in Kyle, Texas. And my favorite book is The Four Little Kittens because it's so great and I love it so much. And Kathleen Daly made that golden book and it's about four little kittens. And I am five years old. Hello, my name is Ellie Harris, and I'm nine years old. I am recommending Freddy Plays Football by Walter R. Brooks. And this book is great for kids who like fantasy mixed with the real world. Like mysteries mixed in with football. And this book is about football. And there are more books in this series, such as Freddy Goes to Florida and Freddy Goes to the North Pole and Freddy Goes Camping. And I recommend this book good for five and up. My name is Josiah. I'm six years old. I'm from Minneapolis. My favorite book is The Hobbit. I like it. When Bard, I think his name's Bard, kills the dragon. What's your name? Olive. Olive, how old are you? Four. You're four years old. And what's your favorite book to hear read aloud to you? The Billy Goat's Gruff. And what's your favorite part of the three Billy Goat's Gruff? That they say, Who's tripping crap on my bridge? <laughs> Well, that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Read Aloud Revival podcast. Don't forget to go get a sneak peek at what's coming in Read Aloud Revival Premium this summer by going to rarmembership.com and request an invitation. And that way I can send you one when our doors are open. We're just opening for enrollment for five days. So it's not something you want to miss if you think you might be interested. Also remember that you can pre-order Jamie's new book, introverted mom anywhere books are sold doesn't matter where you pre-order it once you've ordered it you want to go to simplehomeschool.net slash bonus and that's where you can get 
the fun bonuses that Jamie was telling us about that will help your introverted soul all year long. And once again, I recommend this book for introverts and extroverts alike. I was really nourished by reading it, and I am definitely an extrovert. So (laughs) I appreciate you listening. I'll be back in another couple of weeks with another episode of the podcast. Until then, go make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. Are you still here? Okay, well, I am too. And I wanted to check to see if you've had a chance to download the samples from RAR Premium yet. RAR Premium is committed to helping you become the peaceful, happy mom you're called to be so that your kids know deep in their bones that you just love homeschooling them and also so that they can become lifelong voracious readers. Get a free sample of RAR Premium by going to readaloudrevival.com sample or by texting the word RAR sample, like it's one word, all squished together, <laughs> to the number 33777.